Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. In other words, the distinguish, distinguishing factor here was is that Jews were looking down upon Gentiles, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye, are, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make in himself of twain, one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, Ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for the habitation of God through the Spirit. I want you to notice verse 14, a statement that is made there in the beginning. It says, for he is our peace. For he is our peace. Three times in this passage that I read to you this morning is the term or the word, the concept of peace used here. And I want to talk about that today. There's a whole lot of need for peace in our world, but I'm going to talk about it in a deeper sense in a deeper way than just the superficial peace that the world often discusses and talks about. And I want to simply entitle this, He is our peace. He is our peace. Does anybody need it? Does anybody long for it? Does anybody desire it today? Why don't you lift your hands with me and let's pray together right now that God would help us, that God would touch and anoint and bless God, we need you. We desire you. We pray, God, that you would move. You would help us. That you would touch our lives, God, and that you would anoint us for your purpose. We thank you so much for the privilege of being here in your house, in your presence. I'm praying, God, that you would move upon us in this place. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And could the church say amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him thanks together. You can be seated. Now, I think we all would admit that we enjoy an occasional and uh, even need an occasional time of, of peace and quiet. Maybe even uh, we find ourselves making a statement along those lines. You know you've said it at one time or another. I just need a little peace and quiet. Who's ever been guilty of saying that before? I just need a little peace and quiet. Maybe the children have been too noisy, or maybe you've had a stressful day on the job, and, and you look forward to getting home, kicking up your feet for a little while, and engaging in something mindless, and, and just getting a little peace and quiet. We all look forward to times of solitude and respite uh, from the daily grind of life. 
And uh, to be honest, it, it looks different for everyone. To everyone, peace, as far as in these terms, is not the same. Or what we would call solace is not necessarily the same. For some, it's relaxing near a warm fire and listening to the crackle of it. For others, it would be uh, sitting on a sandy beach somewhere and listening to the waves as they crash against the shore. Or maybe for others, it's sitting in a lawn chair near a babbling brook and just listening to the water as it flows. And this uh, is normal for us. This is normal for us to have uh, this desire because we are created to live in the presence of the Lord. That was the original reason for our creation was to live in peace with God. Looking all the way back to the garden, uh, we are not created to be overwhelmed. We're not created to carry heavy burdens in life necessarily. We're not created for tension and to be torn with the stresses of life. This is why we seek respite. And if you will, it's trying to get back to that original uh, state that man was in in creation in the garden. You see, it is easy, so very easy for us to get caught up in the hustle and the bustle and the busyness of life and forget to enjoy the little things. Forget to enjoy the small uh, subtleties that God has placed in our world. And it's so very important that we be restored, we be rejuvenated. And we have moments now and then when we can decompress and uh, we, we can just take a moment and step away. And the peace of God restores and rejuvenates us. And we see this even exemplified in the Scripture. We see that when the disciples uh, John and James were found in Matthew chapter number 4, it was while they were mending their nets. There was the responsibility of, of their job and day-to-day grind of fishing. This was something that they lived their lives to do. They lived their lives on the sea. And so therefore, it was a responsibility of theirs to make sure that their nets were in good repair. And over the time of being used, it was, very, it was very common for them to become in disrepair. And they had to be mended. And uh, they had to be taken care of. Seaweed and, and debris would be caught up in them. And they had to be cleaned. And, and those things had to be extracted. And so it was important for them to mend their nets and properly stow their nets until the next fishing excursion. And this was just a part of of the responsibility of life. If they were going to continue to be successful fishermen, they had to take time to mend their nets. In Acts chapter 14, Paul traveled to a place that was called Derby, And there we find that he was able to stay in that place. There was no conflict in that particular region. And it was one of the few places that there was not conflict during his ministry that he visited. Many times as he would arrive, it wouldn't be long until there would be both spiritual and physical conflict that would follow. But this was a place where he was able to go and be received and be restored physically. And I might note that this was just after him being stoned at Lystra that he was able to go to this place that was called Derby, and everybody, everybody needs such a place that they can go uh, after spiritual struggle, after uh, physical uh, responsibilities that have weighed heavy maybe for several weeks and months. It's good to have a, a place where you can be restored in peace. And then in Mark chapter seven, we know that even Jesus in his ministry, he took a respite. A sabbatical, if you will. And he went out to the borders, the Bible said, of Tyre and Sidon. And it was there that he would have no man know where he was at. He didn't tell anybody, in other words, where he was going. And uh, nevertheless, there was a Syrophoenician woman that found him there 
And we know the miracle that took place as a result of her being so determined to receive one for her daughter. But nevertheless, he went there to find a place of solace. The peace that I'm referring to, though, here this morning is more than just momentary. It's more than something that lasts for a few days of respite. It's more than just a temporary solace that I'm referring to. The peace that I speak of isn't just a feeling. It's not just a mere emotion. It's a, a very powerful thing that the Word of God refers to. Matter of fact, if you was to take Strong's Concordance and uh, take it down and look up the word peace and words associated, maybe variances of the word peace, you would find that there is a plethora of examples in Scripture where this that I am talking about this morning is taught and is given to us as a very important principle. God, in His Word, made sure that this concept of peace was dealt with. In fact, the writer said it this way, that the peace of God passeth understanding. In other words, it's not just what the world talks about when it talks about peace. It's not somebody's version of peace. It's, it's not somebody's idea or how they would define it, even Miss, Mr. Webster's way of defining peace. But peace at its very basic meaning, it means wholeness. It means completeness. And this is very important when it comes to the spiritual man, the spiritual side of each one of us. Jesus explained that true peace could not be defined really by this world. Matter of fact, in John chapter 14, when he is addressing uh, that I'm going to go away, I'm going to depart, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. And then I want you to know, and I'm making you this promise that I will return again. And I'm going to take you to a place that I have prepared for you. So in the context of that chapter, he makes this statement. He said, the peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. The world gives peace and it lasts for a little while, but it seems like it, is, it, 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 it can run out. It, it seems like it has an expiration date. It seems like it can fade and pass away with time so easily or uh, with the passing of, of who's ever in government or who's ever in control. Peace is always subject as far as this world is concerned. It's subject to those things. The reason it means wholeness is because without it or without the completeness of God in our life, which comes through His peace, we are incomplete. We are broken. Amen. And the reason why that uh, we, we live in a broken state is because of sin. As I made mention before, all the way back in the garden, uh, things was perfect between man and God. But it was sin that came into the picture. It was sin that was introduced that caused this division between man and God. This, this perfect relationship was broken. And man's completeness suddenly was no more. And since that very time until the present, people have sought peace in many different avenues. People of this world desperately seek for peace. Some claim that they have the recipe for peace. If you implement these policies, if you follow these principles, if you enroll in this program, if you'll read this book, I can promise you peace. So what are we really doing when we, when we sit by a fire or when we sit on a beach and listen to the ocean waves crash against the shore? What are we really doing when we sit by a babbling brook and we seek solace and we seek restoration and peace in our mind? We're trying to become centered. We're, we're trying to create uh, uh, that, that, that feeling uh, of, of once again uh, going back and feeling the peace that really only 
God can give in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. There is a center to our existence. Can you say praise the Lord? The Bible says that we are comprised of body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. These are the three things that we are comprised of. And what has caused the lack of peace in people's lives is some way as a result of sin, body, soul, and spirit have become disjointed with one another because of our participation in sin and our giving of ourselves to sin. Uh, sin corrupts the mind. Sin a violation. It's a violation to the Word of God, the ordinances of God. And so when we participate in sin, body, soul, and spirit is imbalanced. It's, it's not in harmony anymore. Sin is like a, a foreign invader that disrupts and disenfranchises and defies peace in our lives. I'm just going to tell you, cut to the chase this morning and tell you, you're never really truly going to know joy. You're never truly going to be happy. You're never truly going to be fulfilled. Never going to feel whole or complete as long as you live under the rule of sin in your life. As long as you give yourself to sin. Amen. It creates a war within. A disruption within. Paul spoke about it in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. In other words, I'm endeavoring to live according to God's precepts. I'm endeavoring to live according to God's word and the principles that are taught in God's word. But this uh, sin, a foreign invader comes and there is a war that is going on. There's a war that is taking place within me. And sadly, so many delve deeper into sin, searching for peace, not realizing that's the very cause for the disruption in their life, not realizing that's the very cause for the confusion in their life, not realizing that that's taking them further away from peace and from completeness instead of running to God, maybe because uh, the, the devil has deceived them into thinking that they can find peace if I only had that if I could only experience this, if I could only obtain this over there, then I could have peace. And so they, they go further and delve further and deeper into sin, searching for wholeness. Uh, but they find that they're further condemned. They find that the war rages and confusion infiltrates every part of their life and they find themselves disturbed and more troubled and, and more uh, discontented with how life is going and the situations uh, that are taking place and they feel out of control. That that they felt so control of. I'm going to make my choices. I'm going to make my decisions. I'm going to rule my life. And then suddenly things go careening and spiraling out of control. And they find that what they were really looking for, happiness, peace, joy, amen, completeness, wholeness, they can't find it in sin. They can't find it in the activities of this world. The more they engage in all of that, the deeper they go in all of that, the more they're left to wonder, is there any peace in this world at all? And Jesus so clearly said it. The peace that I give to you is not like this world. It's not of this world. It cannot be found in the activities of this world. But the only way for you to experience peace, true peace, and true completeness, and true wholeness, is to come to me and have a relationship with me. Amen. I have peace that passeth all understanding. Oh, clap your hands and let's give praise to him right now.
Matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter number 6, as Paul is describing the Christian armor, and he's talking about all of the things that we as children of God are to put on, to put on the whole armor. Don't leave anything out. And one of the things that is described there is the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. I'm going to tell you there's true peace in being obedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, that's where true peace is found. The Bible tells us, Jesus tells us in the book of St. John that he, he said it this way. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Having peace is not being under bondage. Having peace is not being controlled by something else. Having peace is not being uh, under the dominion or the rule of something out there in the world of sin. In other words, it's not, you're never going to find peace in drugs because it's going to lead to addiction. You're never going to find peace in alcoholism because it's going to lead to you being an alcoholic. You're never going to find peace, amen, in the things that this world has to offer because it might lead to temporary solace, but it's not going to lead to lasting peace. It's not going to bring completeness to your life. Matter of fact, it's going to take from you and destroy you and bring you down. But I thank God that I know the peace that this world can't understand, this world can't offer, this world can't give, this world doesn't have the capacity, amen, to even perceive. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give thanks to the Lord right It's a gospel of peace. And, and he, he tells us in this particular passage of Scripture that he came to preach. He came to preach the peace of God to them. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, when we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, we don't have to mince words. When we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, we don't have to preach it apologetically. Because this is what's going to bring true peace. This is a real answer for this world. I'm going to tell you, if I didn't believe it, I'd do something different. But I'm so thankful that I know where peace can be found. It can be found at an altar where a person repents of their sins, turns their back on the sins of the world, and is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. When you take on that name, you're taking on the God of all peace in your life. When you take on that name of Jesus amen suddenly you're making him the king you're making him the ruler you're giving him dominion you're giving him total control in your life no longer am I going to lead my life by my own whims and the flesh is going to rule my life no 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 from now on and from this moment I'm going to seek him and doing his will I'm going to let him I'm going to let him influence every choice and every decision everywhere I go and everything I do I'm going to make sure that it's pleasing to Jesus because that leads to the peace of God in my life hallelujah 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 praise God some people make choices that only leads to further condemnation some people make choices and decisions that only leads them into places of further confusion amen and they had no peace about anything anymore. Oh well, I, I, I just wanna, I wanna, I wanna fuss and I wanna pick at something here that I don't agree with. And if you're not careful, the whole thing comes unraveled on you, and you're left confused and bewildered as to what is right. And you're like Pilate who said, "What is truth?" Amen. I'm gonna tell you the truth is easy. And again, we don't have to mince words about it. We don't have to. We don't have to in any way be confusing in our terms of describing it. But it's very clear. There's clarity in the Word of God as to what the God is. It's the death, burial, and resurrection. The gospel of peace. Amen. Is repentance. What a baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And it's through that spirit that we have peace. It's through that spirit that we can overcome the things that bring confusion and chaos into our lives. We can make better choices through the help and the influence of the Spirit of God. We can do better things. Amen. Amen. 
along the way, amen, our lives can be better, amen, as we rely upon the influence of the Spirit in our lives. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And Paul said, I preach peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. Now, I realize that he's talking to both the Gentile and Jew audience here, and that's what he's speaking of, but I want to relay it as it pertains to you and I. It doesn't matter, amen, how far off you feel that you are, how far away from God and the things of God that you feel that you are. You can experience the peace of God. You can have the peace of God in your life. It doesn't matter, amen, how, how far off it seems like you are in, in, in some of the things that you've been engaged in and you think I, uh, my life, my lifestyle is, is so different and so, is so distant from what the Word of God talks about and what the Word of God exemplifies. I don't know how it'd be possible for me ever to experience the peace that it is it is referring to. I'm going to tell you through the blood of Jesus, through the cross of Calvary, through amen, being obedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can experience the peace of God. That's right. There are keys to, to possessing peace. First of all, uh, the key to, to peace is what kingdom you're associated with or a citizen of. Can you say praise the Lord? Because I am a citizen of the United States, I enjoy certain freedoms that are not experienced in Iran. I don't know how much longer that's going to last, but and that's debatable. But at this present moment, I have freedoms that I experience here that cannot be experienced in communist countries. They cannot be experienced in some other places on the globe. And I have visited other nations and thank God for what we have had and what we have here in the United States of America. And I'm so thankful for our freedoms. However, every nation what defines it as a nation is that it has borders. It, it has a line somewhere that demarks where this country ends and where another begins. And by staying within the confines of those borders, I'm able to experience the full rights of being a citizen of the United States. I'm able to enjoy my freedoms as a United States citizen as long as... As I, I can't go over to Iran and impose on Iran while well, I'm a United States citizen and I'm over here and I can do as I please and I, well that wouldn't go down too good and uh, uh, and I know by their actions that uh, they they would not appreciate that whatsoever. Neither are they free to come to the United States and act as they would want to or do whatever they, we have laws and we have things that govern us as a nation that provide us with with the sense of freedom that we have and the protection that we have as citizens here. Well, I want to tell you that there's also borders and there's lines and precepts in the Word of God that lead to the peace that we have as citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. You cannot... You cannot live outside those borders. You cannot live outside the teaching of the Word of God and expect to experience the peace that can be enjoyed as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Amen. In other words, I cannot be lawless. I cannot live any way that I choose to live and expect to have the peace of God within. But if I live my life according to His Word, if I live my life according to His precepts, amen, as the writer said, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. If I live according to His Word, then I can have peace within. I can, I can live without condemnation. I can live without fear. I can live without worry. I can live without anxiety. Those things are not welcome. They cannot invade me as long as I stay within the perimeters. 
Amen. There's a certain amount of safety that we experience here that they don't experience in other countries. And we ought to thank God for it every day. When I was over in Israel, and some of you have probably been there, but when I was in Israel, there's always the threat. There's always the threat of there being some, some kind of invasion because of the area that they're in. I mean, they're just placed right there between you talk about uh, in the presence set a table before me in the presence of mine enemies they're they're living right there every day in the presence of enemies and there's always the threat of a missile attack there's always a, th- a threat of a domestic uh, uh, bomb being blown up, somebody coming in, a terrorist uh, coming into a restaurant. Matter of fact, you go into a restaurant over there, you see those uh, Jewish folks are backed up against the wall and they're looking down. They're, 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 they're giving you the makeover when you come in the restaurant just to make sure you're, you're not a terrorist. We, we had somebody in our group thought it'd be funny to get one of those Yasser Arafat deals and wrap it around his head. It wasn't so funny. It wasn't just but a little bit. The Mossad had him jerked over at the airport and they was giving him the what for and before it was over with he had that neatly tucked in his suitcase and was ready to not get it back out again until he got to the good old U.S. of A. Why? Because there's certain things, there's certain there's certain aspects of certain freedoms that we have here. There's, there's some People that that they're always in, in high alert and concern. We we don't necessarily or have not up until this point had to live in high alert all the time. I remember when on nine eleven the the terrorist attacks took place. That was really the first time, and it changed everything in America. But we have enjoyed we have enjoyed certain protections. We we know that there's a nuclear shield over our nation. That if uh, if some other country wants to to send a missile in our direction that uh, the defenses are there to, to stop that. If some plane, some foreign power wants to, to fly a plane in our direction, we know that there is forces of defense to stop that and to keep that from happening. And there's a comfort in that. That's why you can lay your head down on your pillow at night and when you hear a firework go off outside, you don't think it's a Scud missile. That's right. Amen. You, you, you have a certain amount of peace. You, you get a certain amount of rest in knowing that. There's a, there's a certain amount of, uh, uh, of comfort in knowing these things and understanding these things. Well, I'm going to tell you, it works basically in principle the same way when it comes to the Word of God. You obey this Word. You live according to this Word. You can have peace in your life. You don't have to wake up in the morning condemned. You don't have to live your life under a burden of sin. You don't have to live your life worrying about am I going to make it or am I not going to make it? Am I right with God or am I not right with God? Is everything okay between me and Him or not okay? You have a confidence towards God. You can come into the prayer meeting and say, God, I'm your child. I have confidence and faith that you want to respond to my prayers, that you want to answer my request. You want to work in my life because I've been living according to the Word of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And you stay within those borders, but there's a flesh that all of us contends with. And I told you, body, soul, and spirit, flesh, body, there's always a part of us that wants to, well, it wants to fulfill the lust of the flesh. There are certain things within this flesh that are innate. They, they came with the fall of Adam that we're all, it's called an endemic nature, we're all going to have to deal with. We're going to have to bring it under control and subjection through the help of the Spirit. And we're going to have to contend with it. We're going to have to stay within those borders and discipline this flesh to stay within those borders. The Bible talks about a young man by the name of Shimei. And Shimei, when, when David was down uh, and, and it seemed like that uh, he was not going to get back up again. He was exiled from the city of Jerusalem. As he was leaving, Shimei went out there and, and took stones and hurled them at David and cursed at him and said, oh, yeah. He said, we're all for Absalom now. And, and, and uh, he, he went against his authority. And he said some horrible things concerning King David. David later showed mercy to him when he was restored to the kingdom. And he told him there's conditions for you being able to live in peace. 
you got to stay within the city limits of Jerusalem. And the moment you get outside of the city of Jerusalem, well, your blood's upon your own head. We know that Shimei's servants got loose and ran and fled, and he went to recuperate them. And when he did, when he went to recover them, the Scripture says that it was known and he was put to death. As long as you stay within the city confines of Jerusalem, the borders that I have, perimeters that I placed there, you can live in peace, you can live, and, and, and you, you don't have to worry about anything, you're protected, all is good, but if you step outside of it, you're taking your life into your own hands. We know that in the Old Testament there was cities of refuge, much like what a church is or should be to the world today. That, that there's an avenger that was out there because someone had what we would call today manslaughter, committed manslaughter. It was not a, a first-degree murder. It wasn't that they did this by uh, active decision or choice, uh, but maybe, maybe it was accidental. Maybe there was uh, confusion involved with the incident taking place. Whatever the case may be, somebody lost their life and there was an avenger, a brother or some relative that could avenge the blood of the one that had passed away. But if the person that had mistakenly done this could find a city of refuge, once they got into the gates of that city, they were safe. That avenger could not take their life. And they could stay there until the high priest died. And when the high priest died, then they were free to go and they could not be touched. They were protected. Well, I want to tell you, we have a city of refuge, a place, a church that we can go to. But even better than that, better than that, we have a high priest, amen, that cannot be touched or that was touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin, the Bible says. And the scripture lets us to know that he went to a cross. He died. He shed his blood for our sins. Amen. And he was willing to do all that he did so that we could have peace. Come on, somebody lift up your hands to the Lord. Somebody give praise to the Lord. We've got to live within the confines of the Word of God. Second, a kingdom's peace has everything to do with who is the king and who is the ruler, if you will. So I want to ask you a very straightforward question. Who rules your life? And the way you can truly find out is to ask yourself a second question, and that is, who do I worship? Who or what do I worship? That'll define what rules your life. Because man is an inherent worshiper. It's in us all. Amen. That's why we can never say that, well, I'm, I'm just not the, I'm not, I just don't have the makeup to be a, a worshiper like other people. I'm just not the emotional kind. Everybody was created to be a worshiper. Everybody has an obligation to worship God because the Bible said, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Everybody that has breath in their body was born to be a worshiper. Some worship different things. Some worship power. Some worship money. Some worship fame. Some worship lust. Some worship sex. Some worship sports sports figures. Idolatry. Some some worship in, in, in other countries. They worship idols. They worship uh, man-made inanimate objects. Whatever the case is, everybody is a worshiper. And whatever you worship is your God. Some people uh, sadly worship themselves. And we see this displayed on social media. Amen. They worship themselves. They're obsessed with themselves. They want the, uh, I mean, how many uh, hundreds of, of filters do they have on there to make self look better? And, and they got all kinds of crazy things that are going on. Tell people they, over, they overdo all of that stuff, all the Botox and all of the plastic surgery. They overdo it until they, they come out looking like monsters. Amen. 
they, they, they get addicted to all that kind of stuff until they don't even look uh, uh, like uh, what God created them to. I couldn't think of anything that's more of a slap in God's face than to depend on all of that. I'm going to tell you, you're his creation. You're the way he wanted you to be. Amen. You ought to be happy and satisfied with it and bring glory to him as a worshiper of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Get so concerned and wrapped up in all of that kind of stuff. And uh, it, it almost is sickening how that people can become worshipers of things that have no way of giving back to them, have no way of helping them, have no way of sustaining them when they're in trouble. I'm going to tell you, uh, none of those things are going to be able to give to you when, when, when your life is on the line and when it seems like there's no hope. You're going to need God in your life. When you're on your deathbed, none of that stuff is going to give back to you. It doesn't really matter how much money that you have. When you get to eternity, you're not going to take any of it with you. You're going to need God in your life. It doesn't matter how much fame you possess on this earth. It's not going to do you a bit of good. The only one that you're going to be concerned with knowing your name is Him when you get to the gates of glory. Amen. And He says, well done thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. It's going to be worth it, my friend. I said it's going to be worth everything that you had to sacrifice on an altar. Everything that you had to surrender to God. Ask yourself, what rules my life? Does he rule my life? Is he the king of my life? Am I totally devoted to him? And when you've got God in charge, when you really understand that he is on the throne of my life, amen, there's a certain amount of peace that comes with that. Can you say praise the Lord? And peace is impossible if there's kingdoms in conflict. What I mean by that is there's certain things that will never peacefully coexist together. I'm going to tell you, you can't live as a citizen of a world of sin and a citizen of God's kingdom and expect peace to come to your life. You can't live in a certain way when you're away from the house of God in a certain way, like the changing of a garment. You come in and you act and live a certain way when you get to the house of God and expect there to be peace in your life. The only way for there to be true peace in your life is you've got to have one on the throne. You've got to have one that you call God. You've got to have one that you're surrendered to. You've got to have one that you yield to. You've got to have one that you're submitted to. You've got to have one that you obey in your life. Matter of fact, the enemy, sin, sometimes it will not peacefully vacate its position or its place in your life. But it has to be dethroned. And you've got to put Him as the ruler of your life. You, you think that, 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 that certain things that have taken up residence in your life are just going to be easily yielded and released by... Simple decision without the help of God. That's impossible. People that say, I'm going to be a, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And this new year, I'm going to resolve to do this and I'm going to do that. And they don't have God's help in their life. They're just whistling in the dark. It's not reality. It cannot happen. You've got to have God's help and God's strength. But I do believe that through His help I can overcome. 
I do believe that through his help, amen, I, I, I can no longer, I don't have to no longer be enslaved to this thing and bondage to this thing and restricted in my life, bound by this thing. But I can overcome through the help of the Lord. I don't have to live. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live in anxiety. I don't have to live in constant worry. I don't have to live, amen, with a painful reminder of a day that there's something else that I have to contend with and something else that I have to contend with. I got God on my side and he can help me and strengthen me to overcome. I can do all things not through my flesh, not through my ability, not through who I am, but I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Is there anybody that knows you need the help of God? Is there anybody in this room that realizes and you know beyond any shadow of doubt I need you. I'm making a choice today. You're going to rule my life. You're going to help me. You're going to stand with me. Amen. You're going to be there to undergird me and offer me the peace that I need. Would you stand with me and raise your hands to the Lord? And so much of our world Especially at this particular time of the year. All kinds of things are introduced. Get a membership over here. We'll change your life. Subscribe to this. This little program. Follow it for the next 6-12 weeks. Be the new you. Take this. Ingest this. You'll see immediate results. People take all these substitutes and spend a whole lot of money doing it. When if only we would yield to God, surrender to Him. He is our peace. He is our peace. I'm going to tell you, true peace can't be found outside of Him. Now, other things, they may be auxiliaries to our life and compliments to our life, but our true peace is centered in Him through putting Him on the throne, making Him ruler of our life. And I, I was just feeling this so strong this morning about this contention that goes on inside of people that are undecided. People that halt between two opinions can never have peace because they're divided in their minds. God's not pleased with those that are divided. The Bible talks about a people that was found faulty because their heart was divided. When you're sold out and you're committed to God, there's a certain amount of peace. Even when there's uncertainty involved. I'm going to tell you, peace can exist when there's uncertainty. If you're totally sold out to God. You just have this faith that He's going to take care of me. I can tell you there's been times in my life and living for the Lord that God asked me or called me to do something. And I didn't know. I didn't have a, a plan for the long term. Matter of fact, sometimes, unfortunately, it only is revealed to you in steps. I read about Abraham being told to take Isaac and sacrifice him, which was tough medicine, a tough pill to swallow, on one of the mountains in Moriah. He didn't tell him specifically where it was, but he went in that direction. And as he traveled in that direction, God began to reveal to him and narrow down exactly what the purpose and the will of God was. So sometimes we want to know how it's all going to turn out. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to have that to have peace. But you follow peace. I feel the peace of God in this. Faith and peace work hand in hand together and you take another step. 
you say, I feel, the, I feel God in this. And you live your life that way. But it's he has to be the ruler of your life in order for it to work. As long as there's this inner struggle of who's going to control it. Am I going to control or am I going to let God control? There's this wrestling match that is going on. Jacob could never reach his potential in God. Until he was able to admit where his decisions and choices had led him to. He said, what's your name? Deceiver. Extortioner. Jacob. He said, well, I'm going to change your entire nature if you'll just yield yourself to let me rule your life. Because you've always been one that's connived and you've always tried to look out for self and you've always tried to get ahead of me. But now I want you to trust me. And as you do, I'm going to reveal a perfect will for your life. don't know who I might be talking to this morning, but I, I feel like some of you need to make up your mind. He's going to rule my life. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. There's no peace in that. I'm not going to try to always second guess it in my past experience, my past knowledge of the circumstance of the situation. But I'm going to trust God that He knows. If I might be speaking to you this morning through the Holy Ghost, I want you to step out from where you are. Say, God, I want peace that is found in you. I want peace that is found in you. This simple message this morning, your peace is in Him. Come on, you got to make Him the ruler of your life. The Bible said He's the Prince of Peace. Peace has a ruler. Peace has somebody in position that we submit to. Hallelujah. Come on, submit to Him. Yield to Him. Open your heart to Him. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yield yourself to His plan.